0: I'm Bob. I like coffee. I also like to tell stories. So here at the Bob Cast Coffee, it's time for a coffee break. So take a coffee break with me and pour yourself a cup of your favorite joe. By the time you're done with your coffee, you'll know something about me you really didn't need to know. But you'll have fun learning it. Just remember, my stories are true, for the most part. This episode is brought to you by Scars and Stripes Coffee. Reynolds Revival, the producers of Bobcast Coffee, have teamed up with Scars and Stripes to bring you one of the best cups of coffee you will ever taste, lovingly roasted here in the great state of Oklahoma, and shipped straight to your taste buds. Scars and Stripes Coffee is all about veterans helping veterans. Unlike other companies who say that part of the proceeds go to helping veterans, with Scars and Stripes, you can look directly into the eye of the person selling you your coffee and get to know the vet that is being supported by your purchase. To find out more about the company, the mission, or just to buy the greatest coffee ever, go to www.ss.coffee forward slash Reynolds. That's www dot ss dot coffee forward slash r e y n o l d s or go to the description the link in the description at the bottom of the show hey welcome back still wearing the fez still talking about basic training welcome to the bobcast still drinking out of my scars and stripes big tumbler still On that same cup of coffee, like I said, lots of coffee in this thing. It might make it through the last of these basic training stories. Uh, Let's see, last time we talked about, wait, wait, first time. We talked about the arrival and the sand fleas and all that fun stuff. Uh, This time, uh, we're going to talk about grenades and the fun of that week, uh, this is actually happened quite soon after the Pugle sticks, the way, the, which was last episode. Uh, we basically were on the gun range, then we did Pugle stick training for the bayonets, and then we did grenade training. Now, grenade training, this is going to, there's a lot of stuff that happened really fast, So this one may have to go into uh, an overtime for just on this one story itself. At basic, the grenade range was one of the very far ranges. The only range further out for us was the rifle ranges. So to get out there was was about a five, six mile hike. So in the morning, we'd hike out. Well, at this time... Um, It was hot, real hot. We were getting Category 4 days. And when we were in Category 4, then we weren't allowed to hike big distances, so they would have to get cattle cars for us. Well, one morning, we hiked out to the grenade range, and we did all our little basics, you know, practicing, playing with the dummy grenades and all that stuff. And on the way back, the temperature jumped into a Category 4, I guess they had not expected it. But that's okay. Coming down the road was a bunch of uh, tanks rolling by. And we're talking about the uh, the classic M60 tank coming in. Remember, this is the, the 80s. The M1s were just probably getting finished, getting uh, built, the first ones. So we're still looking at older tanks. But these tanks were coming by. Platoon sergeants are looking at us. We're beat and dehydrated and running out of water. So they stop the column and say, hey, can you give us a ride back to base and we'll walk the last bit. And they said, no problem. So everybody started jumping up on the outside of the tanks. Here's another cool movie moment. So this tank is sitting there and everybody's jumping on. And I look up at the guys and I hand them my rifle. I toss my backpack up. I grab an arm like this and grab and pull myself over, swing my leg up to get up on this tank. Now, I want you to think about this. Tanks get moved by helicopters, big helicopters. And when they do, they've got sky hooks and these big eye bolts like this. And they take the hook and, and they just pick that tank up and go. And I think there's like four of them on a tank. Well, when I rolled over, my kneecap met one of those eye bolts. And when you try to go hand-to-hand with a tank, it doesn't matter. Whether you hit the tank or the tank hits you, you lose. And I lost. You could hear my knee just go crack. I go rolling back off the tank, holding my knee, slam into the dirt. I am just, but I can't scream. I can't yell. There's a thought going back in my head. We're far enough along. If I get injured, they're going to recycle me, which means they're going to put me back into a uh, platoon that hasn't even shown up yet. And that I'm going to have to run along with them doing everything we've done so far until we catch up to my spot and then I you know, will continue the training. But that's going to put me four weeks behind everybody else five weeks behind i do not want to be recycled and spend another extra month to a month and a half at fort benning georgia so with my big fat swelled up knee i climb up on that tank and we head back into town and i do everything i can to walk normal and smile as i pass every drill sergeant that night i get in the shower ice-cold water on the shower, and massage that knee until the swelling goes down. So now I've got a knee that is just messed up, and it hurts. But I'm not, I'm not getting recycled. No way. So the next day we're going down, we're going to throw live grenades. Now two things happened that day that were very exciting. One hurt, and one did not. It was just scary. I'm hiking in. I'm using, I'm in the platoon leader position. So we've got the platoon marching like this. I'm off on the side. Now, I'm not really in charge of anything. I'm just holding that place. But it's a cool position to be in. And you want to keep doing things right. So you get to be there instead of somewhere out in the middle of all this rabble. But my knee is killing me. So I keep falling back and falling back to the end of the platoon. And before the next platoon, I get too far back into them, I run up, get to the front, and then I, you know, rub and drag my knee all the way back. And I'm doing this basically because there's no platoon sergeants around us, no DIs around us. And uh, I can get away with, you know, this little hop-skip thing. But every time I get too far back, there was a guy in 4th platoon, I was in 3rd platoon, Guy in 4th platoon for some reason did not like me. I had said something or done something to piss in his crispies and he has held it against me ever since. Hey, I'll take that on myself, all right? I pissed him off. But every time I get too close to his platoon, he's a road guard, so he's out front. He takes his M16 and goes, bam, hits me in the back, pushes me forward, and says, get up there. He's no DI is no business but i'm just trying to stay up with my platoon again and again he keeps i'm finally getting tired and i said look back off and he calls me a few names and tells me to get up there so the next time i am just pushing as hard as i can to keep up there i feel that m16 hit me in the back he calls me a couple of names i've had it and i swing around with my fist my fist is holding an m16 but i go for him like that the sights on my m16 come across at sort of an angle and slice him right across the nose two gouges right across his nose blood goes everywhere he screams like a little girl and he drops to the ground before i can actually register that i have just Hit a guy with an M16. Remember, I told you there were no DIs anywhere? Well, all of a sudden, there's like 50 of them, and they're all dogpiling on top of me. Great. Bob's in trouble. But we're out, we're, we're out almost to the range. We've got a job to do today. They yell, scream at me. They put me back in the platoon, put somebody else out there. And I figure that's it. I just got demoted from that position. We go out to the range grenade live fire is wild and the way it was set up at Benning at that time it was a big dirt target area i'm talking big and it had a big cement wall around it to catch shrapnel now over on this side outside of it is some bleachers set up so when you finish you go sit in the bleachers and you watch everybody else throw their grenades but you don't actually see, you see the grenades thrown, but you don't see the person throwing the grenade because they've got like a dozen cement bunkers, open top bunkers all the way around. And inside each cement bunker, there's, a, there's just an open area, you go in, right? And they've got a big plexiglass, big thick plexiglass window Looking into the range, and it's all scarred up from shrapnel and stuff. It's kind of cool. And you step on to a platform when you go in this bunker, and you start moving like this. And I look down. What they've got is a pole coming up the, in the middle of the of the bunker, and they've got a round plate, probably about a two-inch steel plate around that you're standing on. And there's about six to eight inches of gap between the wall and that plate. So when you step on it, it's not a big sway, but it's a little sway. It's enough to let you know that it's moving. The idea is if someone gets silly, drops their live grenade, the lane guide that is in that uh, bunker with you, can take his foot, kick that grenade to the side, it drops down below, you hunker in the middle, and it explodes going up the side. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a very smart safety thing. I'm glad it's there. Well, I go walking. I'm in the very back of this stupid line. So I've probably got maybe 10, 15 people behind me. The rest of the company is ahead of me. You're walking along and you've got a big cardboard tube and you walk up to this first little station guy standing there, he says, okay, take off your, your strap. And there's like, you know, a little piece of paper you rip, whoop, and then your tube will separate. And there is a big bubble wrap covered grenade. And that goes to the trash. You go to the next station, they take the bubble wrap and that goes. You go to the next station, there's like this wire mesh cage around the grenade and you take that off. And that goes to the trash. You go to the last station and there's actual wire wrapped around the pin. So you can't pull that pin. I mean, they understand that trainees are using these grenades. So you take that wire off. Now you're still holding that grenade with two hands, just like this. It's a baseball-style grenade. And you go walking into the next open lane. Now all this time you're hearing, Lane 1! Prepare to throw. Throw grenade. Grenade goes off into the range. Boom. Lane two. Prepare to throw. You know, throw. Grenade goes in the range. Boom. They're going down to twelve and then back to one. And they're just going around in the circle. And as soon as someone comes out, the next person goes in. Well, I'm at like lane seven. I don't know for sure, but I'm somewhere in the middle. And I go walking over to the lane, I go into the bunker and the guy's standing there and you hear, lane eight, throw the grenade! And the grenade goes. And he looks at me, he goes, let me see your grenade. Okay, here's my grenade. And he grabs the grenade and he gives it a safety check. Everything looks right. And then he looks at me and you're sitting here, lane 10, throw the grenade! Boom! And he pulls the pin and I look at him and I realize what he's done pretty quick. He pulls the pin and he puts the pin back in. Now, when you go to pull your very first live grenade, which I would be pulling it like this, right? You're not pulling the pin, which is a lot harder to pull than you think. You see John Wayne in the movies pull the pin. No one pulls a pin with their teeth. Does not happen. All right, you got to fight that thing out. All right, all he's done is loosen it up, so when I pull it, I'm not going to drop that grenade. All right, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm ready. Give me my grenade back. And he goes, puts that pin back in, and looks at the spoon in that grenade, and pin won't go in. That pin has flared. It, you know, it's it's totally you know open. So it won't come out. When you pull it, it straightens out the pin. Except that pin opened up just enough that you could not get it back into the into the spoon. So he tries to get one side of the pin to go in, but it's not open enough to get one in. The other side's still fighting it, and you hear Lane Three throw your grenade. Boom. And he's trying, he's trying, he's looking at a thing. You can tell he's just, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. And he's like, well, pisser. Lane six, throw your grenade. Grenade gets thrown. Boom. And he's holding this grenade and he look. you, know, you could see him kind of look up toward where that, the, the tower is, it's running the range. And they go, lane seven, throw your grenade. And he looks at the grenade and he looks at me. And you hear, Lane 7, throw your grenade. And he just goes, ping. And I watched that pin, or the pin, I watched the spoon fly up in the air between the two of us. And I don't know where it went. It just disappeared. And he just goes, and sets it in my hands that have been like this the whole time. And I'm looking at a live grenade cooking off in my hands. And I look at him like, you stupid S.O. Yeah, and I just two-handed throw it over my shoulder, barely make it over the wall. It lands right in front of my bunker, explodes, shaking the plexiglass window. Grenades are actually pretty awesome little killing devices. Everybody laughs it's up in the bleachers because Bob barely got that thing over the edge. Cool. So... Oh, I'm running long on this one. So, they um, they kick me out. The guy laughs at me. I go back. Everybody laughs at me. We go home that day. That's not the end of the story. I'm still nursing my, my hurt knee, but I'm getting to where I can walk pretty good on it now. And uh, since I was in the mass coming back, no one actually could watch me you know, just hobble and limp back that day, cold shower. Well, the next day, instead of going to training... Bob gets called by the senior drill instructor and I have to go talk to the officers because Bob doesn't know this striking somebody with an M16 at basic is a court martial offense Bob now is starting the paperwork for court martial All right, well, it's an article something, uh, 14, I think it's 13, article 13, article 14. It's one of those articles, and that's the first step. If they can prove that I did commit this crime, then I go to the court-martial. And, well, hey, it's going to be pretty obvious. I have two complete platoons that watched me hit this guy, and however many you know drill instructors who were off on the fringe just far enough to see me do it Come tackle me. I'm cooked. So I sit there and I fill out my paperwork. And I'm waiting to go in to the officers. And they've got all the drill instructors are going in in front of me. And saying their stuff. And the last drill instructor comes in. Remember that really tall guy that liked to hit me on top of the head? He's the last drill instructor to go in. And he goes in and says his piece. Comes out and then the captain comes out with the uh, whatever higher rank uh, commander is there and they just come out, look at me and say, uh, Reynolds, get out of here. And I get out and not another word was ever said. The really tall drill instructor had gone in and said, that he had been marching behind his platoon, 4th platoon, and watching this whole thing happen. And he was watching the guy hit me in the back. So he was actually hitting me with an M16 first. So when I swung back, I was only defending myself. I was not attacking someone. I was defending myself. The whole thing got dropped. I really do appreciate that very tall DI. But I will tell you that every platoon has enough DI's that they get days off. You don't. You're in basic. But this is their day-to-day job and they get days off. The day that we were at the grenade range, he wasn't there. I don't know why... He put his neck out for me. But he kept me from a court-martial. And I really, really appreciate it. Because no other drill instructor saw this guy hitting me in the back. Only the kids that were at basic in the platoons saw that. So he had talked to his platoon, I guess. They had told him what happened. And... The other guy did not get in trouble i mean he had a nice scar to remember basic training from and i did not get toasted so that was grenade range days at fort benning georgia another beautiful happenstance that kept bob out of the pokey until next time grab your coffee we will be talking about something else i am not sure what how about naked bob Those are always fun stories. Till the next time, drink your coffee, take your coffee break, and get back to work.